Please note that the contents of Model Mentality are for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on Model Mentality. Hi, I'm Dr. Ali Sharma, a psychiatrist and mental health advocate. And I'm Bridget Malcolm, an international fashion model. And this is Model Mentality. We created this podcast to open up the dialogue about mental health in the fashion industry by exploring the lives of models through the lens of their personal mental health experience. Each episode, we will invite a leading fashion model to sit down to chat, going behind the visual imagery and what you may know of their external life to take a deeper dive into who is actually behind the mask and at the real struggles these models have faced. And in our Let's Get Clinical segment, I'll explore connecting the dots between our guests' personal stories and the larger mental health context. Because at the end of the day, we are all human and our struggles are universal. Hit the subscribe button on the podcast and tell all your friends about model mentality. Please note this podcast is strictly for educational purposes only, and please consult your own provider for any mental health issues you may be facing. Welcome to Model Mentality. Today on the podcast, I have with me Elisa Schultz. Elisa Schultz is a model and a model scout and does many other things. I am a photographer, model scout, development, placement, um, and I'm still in the business uh, as an actor and also a model. And I've been doing this for about 30 years, but officially for the model scout business the last four years. Um, so I'm so excited, Elisa, to have you on and hear your perspective. We haven't had a model scout on yet, so this is very cool. So Elisa, the first thing I'd like to ask you is, this is a mental health podcast and you know, what interested you about this podcast coming on to talk and about the topic of mental health? So what interested me on coming onto this and speaking about mental health had to do with an episode that I heard Bridget speaking on. And um, I was hit. It was like a, a 10 ton brick hitting me. And the importance of speaking up and taking care of your mental health is critical. Um, I realize I just turned 55 that had I not done the work that I had been doing for the last 27 years, I probably wouldn't be here. Uh, I grew up in a single parent home. I had a lot of trauma and shame and um, unresolved buried issues that didn't come up until I was about 28 years old. And I thank God that I had enough intuition and uh, insight. I don't know what the word is to stop and to take care of the things that needed addressing and healing. And, um, it's the foundation, honestly. So let's go back. You know, I know when you and I first spoke, you told me you come from a single parent home. 
yeah. you moved around a lot and that set the stage for being able to adapt. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing um, and then how you started to model. I grew up in a single parent home. I am the middle child, but I was really the youngest. I, I have to say this is the first time I'm actually speaking about the things that kind of colored and shaped the way that I viewed the world. And for me, getting into the modeling business was, I think it was a natural progression, honestly. But I also noticed when I had stepped into that world that there were a lot of other kids that were similar to me. Um, I grew up in a single parent home. It was a really traumatic childhood. It was so traumatic. I forgot it literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, can, can I ask you what was traumatic about it? Truly it's a miracle that I'm standing or sitting here today talking with you and I'm not six feet under or a needle in my arm or, um, you know, in a very bad situation. I, I have done a lot of work to kind of unravel the mess and my childhood was laced with a lot of pain so much so that I just did not even know anything different. And how that showed up was growing up in abject poverty, having a learning disability, being someone who stuttered. I was bullied. Um, I watched my mom struggling. She did the best that she could with what she had. Um, but it wasn't an easy life. We grew up in Section 8 housing or poor neighborhoods. The nutrition was really bad. At one point, um, I was almost taken away because of the neglect. Mm. I went to school with, oh, I'm going to start crying. Oh, take your time. I went to school with old moldy food and holes in my shoes and not Mm. properly dressed and you know that really it 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 shaped a lot of how I viewed the world Mm. and because that was the norm for me I didn't know any different. And I think when I stepped into the modeling and saw different ways of living, and when I also would meet kids that came from money or had, you know, two parents and they had structure and they had discipline and they had, you know, three meals a day, I realized that something was really off. Mm. Sometimes it takes that perspective, right, to understand how you grew up, what the norm is for you versus what the norm is for other people. Yes. But, yeah. So so can I ask you, seeing that contrast, your childhood, which sounds like there were immense challenges and difficulties, and like you described, you know, we are resilient also. We somehow figure out a way to manage despite the challenges, Tell us a little bit more about that contrast, because what a different world, right, to go into fashion and modeling. 
So if I go back just to the childhood, what I realize as I look back now and I think about that young girl who I like my grandmother. So I had a lot of markers that that um, I would say shaped things. My father was a functioning alcoholic and um he, he wasn't present. And I realized as a kid at a certain point that, you know, other kids had things that I didn't. And that for me, getting into the modeling was a way of getting out of where I came from. Clearly, with the adversity you faced, you told me you could adapt. And I understand that at 16 or 17, that's when you entered into the modeling industry. So tell us a little bit about that process. My my first step into the modeling world actually happened because I was in a relationship. Um, my boyfriend had submitted me to 17 cover model contest. And um, unbeknownst to me, I had done quite well. And so I went to go see agencies in Chicago and they all said no except for one agent Marie P. Anderson who is someone who I work with now as a scout and co-mother agent one of our talents Um, she said to me come back when you do three things I was a runner and a gymnast and I um I I had bleach blonde hair. I wore way too much makeup and I was a little fuller than what was considered acceptable in the modeling business, which mean, meant I needed to lean out. So I left and I did the things that she had suggested. And then I came back and I went and saw all the agencies again and they all said yes. I did it because I wanted to model. I did it because I wanted out of where I came from. And where I came from was just, there was no hope. Mm-hmm. You know, I struggled in school. I had no, um, I had no guidance. I will say that somewhere along the way, I did have a few mentors who helped me. And so that gave me a little bit of hope. But she, to me, was another mentor that said, look, I think you're interesting, but I need you to come back, do this, 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 and this. And so I did it. I was lucky because when I decided to pack my bags and move to Chicago, I signed with the great agency. I signed with Elite um, I was with Marie because she was the only one who told me, you know, what I needed to do. And then my roommate at the time, who was also a model and a photographer, um, she kind of took me under her wings and she developed me. And her name was Katie Rowe, not was, it is. Um, she's still in the business as a photographer. She's an amazing human being. And she really took me under her wings and she taught me what it meant to be a working model. I was never a supermodel. I wasn't one of those super high earners, but I was a working model who made my living in the business. And what I try to impart 
as a model scout development placement photographer, anybody who will listen is that this is a business and there are no guarantees. And anybody who tells you that they're going to make you a star, that they can do certain things, I say they're lying. That's not the truth. The truth is, if it's meant to be, and you treat it like a business, maybe you do, maybe you don't, stars will align. And I hope that you do it um, in, a, in a healthy way, because I've seen too much from my 30 years that, you know, they left an imprint and I feel a responsibility because this business will never go away. Not the entertainment business, whether it's modeling, acting, dancing, singing, there is a through line there and life, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you, so you modeled, at least initially you went, you moved to Europe and were there for eight years. Yep. So how do you reflect on that time? And I, I want to ask you that question from the angle of mental health, wellness, well-being, because you said you had a mentor who helped you, right? At least yes. with training and how to orient yourself and what to do. But what about, what about support along oh, the way? There was zero support. I mean, I look back and I think about, you know, if I knew then what I know now, how would I do things different? Back then, I, it was like swimming with the sharks. That's how I felt, right? There was um, no one really that you could... <sighs> talk about the things that were coming up for me personally everything was good up until I started um, getting a little older and the fear started kicking in Um, also because I wrestled with my weight I had anorexia and bulimia and um, I really struggled with my self-worth in my body image and at one point I had went to a doctor on on Harley Street in London he put me on this diet and I did pregnant women's growth hormones injections I got my weight to where I needed to be I was for modeling I was perfect but my life was unraveling very fast I was having panic attacks I was disassociating. I was having problems in my relationship, like nothing was working. On the outside, it was working, but on the inside, I was absolutely imploding. What do you think was the tipping point for for those symptoms coming on? Right? I think definitely when I lost the weight and it was no longer the issue, I became extremely vulnerable. And at that point, I remember going back to the doctor and saying, well, this is great. I'm where I should be, but how do I maintain this? What happens when I put it back on? I was having a lot of like kind of mental breakdown issues. Mm. And at one point he said to me, he asked me a question. What's the earliest that you can uh, remember in your childhood? And I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, why? Sorry, why the F is he asking me this? And then I paused for a minute and I thought to myself, that's really interesting. Why don't I know? I couldn't remember my childhood. 
And then I thought, okay, well, maybe five. I think I can remember five. I think at that point, that's when things started really turning for me. So I started having a lot of panic attacks. I had a relationship that was terrible, disrespectful, abusive, and I didn't feel safe, period, in life, anywhere. I didn't know who to turn to. I didn't know what I could do. So the reason why I'm speaking about this now is that I I know that I'm not alone. I know there are other kids out there that need to know that there are tools available. I've spent 27 years unraveling my blueprint so that I can sit here and hopefully talk cohesively. So I often see people, you know, when they're in that state of emotional crisis, you know, the panic attacks are coming on, the memories are coming up, or they're having acute anxiety, depression, and other symptoms. Yeah. Um, and usually they've tried everything right, to cope. And they come to me as a last resort because I'm a psychiatrist. But how did you begin then the healing journey to reconcile, you know, what happened in your earlier childhood and how to cope in your adult life? So one of the ways that I started to cope when this all this stuff came up is <laughs> I moved. <laughs> I did a geographical move. <laughs> that is one I, way to do it. <laughs> I definitely, you know, but there, but the, you know, as the saying goes, wherever you go, there you are, right? Yes, you carry yourself with you. <laughs> Absolutely. But at least I left a few things behind that literally <laughs> I was like... I left the boyfriend behind because he was toxic to my whole being. And I, it was not someone that I could uh, talk with or get any kind of support from. So I did a geographical move. I actually moved to Los Angeles. I went to the bookstore and I literally pulled you know, like I got a bag full of self-help books and I stacked them on my table and I started reading them one by one. I um, was working with an acting teacher at the time because it's something that I had discovered I kind of liked. And he said, before we begin, you're going to read some books I'm going to give you because I had shared with him some of the things that were coming up with me. And he did this exercise with me that I completely freaked out, which was standing in front of the mirror, looking at myself eye to eye and trying to be loving and kind. It was just non-existence. So he was wise enough to say, look, um, I, I can see certain things. I'm going to recommend some books. And he recommended some books. So I went to the bookstore. I got a ton of self-help books. I found a therapist. I think he even recommended that. And I left the boyfriend. So that was the start of my healing process. And um, I have done many things, many, many, many things. And if you ask me what are the things, I think all the things helped to shape who I am today. And, and uh, some definitely stand out stronger than others. I'm a big uh, advocate for continued self care, 
retreats, meditation, yoga, breath work, acupuncture, rebirthing, self-help books, 12-step programs, um, seminars, doing things that scare you, acting, dancing, anything that is going to help open up your freedom to express. Being in nature, um, I'm a world traveler. I love traveling. I love meeting new people. I'm a photographer. I like shooting everything. So literally people, um, animals, nature, finding the joy in the simple things, proper nutrition, growing up the way that I did, what is normal for many was not normal for me. So I've had to literally kind of retrain everything. And what about um, any contact or connection to the mental health care industry, like therapists or? I did years of therapy. I'm not a medication person. That's me. That's not to say it doesn't work or that there isn't value for it. I think given my history personally with having family members on both sides that have addiction issues, I've always been, I'm going to feel it and heal it, right? Oh, I like that phrase. I've never heard that. I'm going to feel it and heal it. That's nice. I, yes, because to me, it's like I have done enough um, masking my feelings and burying them with shopping, with food, with, you know, sex, with, you know, being in unhealthy relationships, with um, doing things that check me out. So me, it, for me, the healing process is really about checking in. Yeah. And I think a lot of people push the painful feelings away. Right. And part of what I do as a therapist is to try to have people feel their feelings or not compartmentalize because it builds up anyway. Right. Even if you push it away, it will come back. You know, one of the things I've been thinking about as we speak, but as I interview people and you're a scout, so you're at that first point of contact. Yeah. You know, I was just wondering what is your perspective? Like, first, what are you looking for? And do you ever think about looking for, shall we say, protective factors for mental health or risk factors for mental health, or at least education All around the risks to come? Okay, tell me, because I think there's an opportunity, you know, at least it could be in the form of training and orientation and ongoing support. Yep. to really give people the tools they need. So, I'd, yeah, I'd love to hear what you yep. think of that. So as a scout, I think about all of it. I really do, because I know that ultimately it takes a particular type of individual to be able to navigate and successfully um, thrive in a really unpredictable business. Um, I will say the what I look for, I look for kids that I hope have good support systems. I like talking with the parents. I like looking them in the eyes and telling them the truth about it. There are no guarantees. There are good people in this business. There are bad people in this business. Uh, if it becomes a point where you stop having fun, stop. You know, my hope is that the kids that I work with know that they have more going on for them than just their pretty faces, right? And uh, when I am scouting, I have open dialogue about that. I think it's really important. 
It's not what you think it is at all. There are a few that get to really thrive and make a ton of money. There are others who will get the opportunity to travel and to work and to make a living. And there are others that will travel and things just don't work out because they don't work out. Whether maybe you're a little too shy, right? And there, there is no room for being a wallflower in a very saturated market. And even though things have opened up in ways that didn't exist when I was doing it, um, I believe that the universe has, has a plan for you. And maybe this is just a stepping stone. So when I'm looking, first of all, as a scout, I can't help myself. I literally can be in the car and see someone across the street and I can see it. I can see what's possible. Do I encourage mental health and having a support system in place 100% because it is so challenging? Um, I work with women and together we tag team as, as scouts and mother agents, placing them. So I know that if I'm not available, they are. And I, I think that is a gift. Um, I, I wish, because I want to speak on, on behalf of the agents and what they do. It's an enormous amount of work to build a um, career for the talent. And so I think there's two sides to it, that the kids need to understand that it is a business and to put your business hat on. I think that there are certain expectations in place um, and that if you take your ego out of it and understand that it is a business and you treat it that way, meaning your job as a model is to take care of yourself, body, mind, and spirit. You do the best that you can, and that's enough. But be honest with yourself, too. Am I doing my part? You know, for me as a model, I went against the norms. I was five foot seven and a half. I was a full four, which, you know, today is more acceptable. But back then, it wasn't. I had to lean out. I was willing to do the work. I worked three jobs. I saved my pennies. I invested in um, great photography. I did the work. I went to the gym. I understood. Actually, for me, in a way, modeling helped me stop doing some really bad behavior that was leading me down a path that would go nowhere. So I had to choose party or get healthy. I get paid to take care of myself. That's the way I see it. 30 years, fast forward, here I am scouting. I love what I do. I love the kids that I work with. I have amazing humans who are out there, you know, doing it and they're thriving. Um, are they supermodels? No. Are they superhuman beings? Yes. Final question, Elisa. That I like to ask all of our guests, if you had 50 million Instagram followers, what would you like to tell people about mental health? So this is going to be directed towards those who come from 
more challenging upbringings and um, not financial resources. There are there is help there for you, and that there are tools available. Um, if we're going specifically for the modeling, there are tools available for you in every country and every place to speak up, to speak your truth, and to love yourself. Most of all, please, God created us in this lifetime and we are miracles. We made it through, right? And Mental health is the foundation. And now let's get clinical. And here's a recap of all of our tips on how to take care of your mental health. I have so many tools. And one of the things that, so I'm just going to kind of list them off. Um, I started off with acupuncture, rebirthing, exercise, proper nutrition, great friends, therapy, self-help books, 12-step programs, Church, if you're if you're into that, I like non-denomination retreats, seminars. I love Tony Robbins because he gets you physically moving and in connected in your body. I've done numerous different retreats and seminars, um, meditation retreats, volunteering for different charities. I think being of service is really important. Um, And it also puts the attention on others to realize, A, you're not alone. And there's always someone who's got something in in more of need than focusing and spiraling out on your life, right? Um, Breath work. I discovered about five years ago a place called nam yoga which it incorporates movement with breath work with mantras with mudras and i just loved it um yoga uh moving the body dance music journaling um i love the artist way listening to podcasts that inspire me people who've been through it and come out the other side Um, being creative, working with the kids that I work with. I love it. Um, Speaking up, speak your truth, honor who you are. And um, trusting also that you are right where you're supposed to be and that the universe truly is conspiring for your highest good. You may not see it in the moment, but it will reveal itself. And coming from all of the trauma and the drama and the shame and the pain that I had experienced as a child, really kind of in a positive way, I can say it gave me who I am and my humanity. And I'm proud of that. Um, Am I perfect? No. Is anyone perfect? No. (laughs) But... (laughs) Mm. No, that's beautiful. I mean, you just listed off all of the different things that we can do to protect our mental health. Yeah. You know, I love that. I love the list that you gave, you know, from meditation to movement to meaningful engagement. Right. And I think that's a lot of it. You know, when people are going through a mental health crisis or situation, 
the healing process is like multifaceted, right? You can do it in so many different ways and you have to find the way that works for you. But I think you're listing so many good examples. Yeah. Elisa, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. You know, I hope that your story of how you grew up, abject poverty, all the things you experienced and you making it and going through the process of healing in order to make it, I hope that resonates with some people that are listening. And how can people connect with you? So you can connect with me on Instagram, Alisa Schultz, and that's for the Model Scout. I'm at Alisa Schultz Photography. So it's the underscore. And um, yeah, I'm here in Los Angeles. I love what I do. Reach out. I'm, I'm here to be of service. Thank you so much, Elisa. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Let's Get Clinical by Dr. Ali. Please check our show notes for references and more information on this episode. As always, if you are in crisis or you think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255 to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. If you are located outside of the United States, call your local emergency line immediately. What you have heard on Model Mentality does not represent what would take place during a psychiatric assessment or an actual therapy session. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Model Mentality. If you like today's content, please subscribe to Model Mentality or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review us. Model Mentality is brought to you by Mind Studios.